flushing girl from flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. Hey, everyone. We're back. That's right. It's Oh, Mr. Sheffield, a podcast about the nanny. What's the nanny? It's a TV show from the 90s starring Fran Drescher, and it's back in HBO Max form, and we're here watching it. Who's us? That's me, Shondi Pasquale, and my co-host, Toria Sheffield. That's right. And this week, we are here to talk about season three, episode 12 of The Nanny, the kibbutz. The kibbutz. <laughs> uh, right out of the gate, we're starting with some delightful uh, Yiddish. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mm-hmm. guess is it Yiddish? I don't even know well, if kibbutz is Yiddish. Kibbutz it might just be. Hebrew. It might just be Hebrew. Yeah. So, and for anybody who doesn't know, a kibbutz is a communal settlement in Israel in which all wealth is is like um, communal, and all profits are reinvested in the settlement. They're usually very based in agriculture, sustainability. Um, they're very big in Israel, and they, they're they basically communes, honestly. Communes. Um, yeah, it's and- like Kibbutz is a commune. It is a popular trip for young Jewish people to take to go to Israel. I, I always conflate a kibbutz and a – what's the thing? The birthright trip. Oh, birthright. Um, and there's actually 270 of them in Israel right now, wow. and a total population of 120,000 currently on kibbutzes. Wow, that's and- crazy. And that's probably more information than you actually needed on kibbutzes <laughs> to uh, enjoy this episode. But but fun fun little facts, and good to have some you know knowledge going in. Mm-hmm. Um, but so this is the one wherein I mean, how do you sum it up without giving okay. the whole plot? So it basically, this- it's the one where Maxwell wants to send Maggie away for Christmas vacation, and insanity ensues. <laughs> yes, and I would say it's the one where um, Maggie plans to go to a kibbutz instead of the nunnery in Sweden that Maxwell wanted her to go there to. You go. Switzerland. Switzerland, Switzerland, Switzerland. Sorry, sorry. Um, yeah. So yeah, so we open basically with Fran kind of catching Maggie kissing a boy in the house. Uh-huh. And, and and she's sort of heavy uh, makeout session. Heavy makeout session. And then and then Fran's sort of like, um, you know, Maggie. And then she's like, tilt your head a little bit. Yes. <laughs> so like she's not really mad about this. And like it, we even have um Niles kind of pop in behind Fran and also like peep, you know, peeping at, at what's going on and and just the, you know, to classic Fran is not that bothered by you know Maggie, who we find out this episode is turning seventeen. Yeah, and I had that same note where I'm like, okay, just keep track of her. Age. Well, because basically what happens is she's she's kind of spying on Maggie making out, and then Mister Sheffield catches her spying on Maggie making out, which leads to him sort of like dragging Fran into his office and saying like. What are we going to do? Like, I, winter break is coming up. I can't have her sitting on that couch for three weeks just making out with somebody. And Fran's like, oh, Mr. Sheffield, you know, she's going to be 17. This is normal. And I also was like, didn't she just turn 16? Like, what? Literally three weeks ago, she turned 16. They, Why don't you just say she's 16? They ping pong her her age around. I I, I I almost wish we had been keeping tr- like a like a little spreadsheet of like. Well, that's what I said a few weeks ago. <laughs> I said, "Can the listen yeah. some listener just keep track of every mention of Maggie's age?" Yeah. But um, so he he's like, you know, what are we gonna do with her? So it's like, what basically we've established that in this episode, Mr. Sheffield's like agonizing about what to do with uh, Maggie over winter break. Yeah. Then in the next scene, Fran's in the kitchen with Niles and Sylvia. It's a little later in the day, and there's a very. I also love that his solution is like, I'm gonna send her to a. Covenant. No, not which not a covenant. That is for witches. Yes. 
no, what? Oh, a convent. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm leaving it in. Yeah, yeah but anyway, and we'll get there. We're not even there yet because first we have this scene. <laughs> we just get some weird magical, like remember that Christmas episode where Santa was real? We just have yeah. a random episode where witches are real and he's going to go send her off to sort of like learn about her ancestry because the Sheffields are wizards. Um, but anyway, so we have Fran in the kitchen with Niles and Sylvia. Sylvia's literally going, are you sure you don't want to come with your father and me on our holiday trip? And Fran's like, uh, Ma, as tempting as a dinner a dinner theater tour of Florida is, um, you know, I, I don't know if maybe I can swing it this year. Um, and so Sylvia leaves while noshing on some bread, of course. And then Fran laments to Niles how hard it is to take a vacation when you're single. And Niles basically says, like, well, at least it's not as bad as, you know, working as a servant 24-7 and lugging a family's skis around Vail. So that's clearly, right. like, what his plans are going to be this Christmas, which is so sad. Right. Um, and then Mr. Sheffield comes in and he announces that he's he has a solution to the Maggie problem. He's sending her to a convent, not a covenant, in Switzerland. In the, and she's going to learn about French art and European history for three whole weeks. But he's like, but Fran, or he's like, Miss Fine, um, I need you to tell her. Um, and he's like, but do it gently. I don't want her to think I'm an ogre. And Fran literally goes, don't worry, I'll protect you. And then we instantly cut to Fran with Maggie in the living room going, well, the ogre wants to send you to a nunnery <laughs> it was a really good it was a really good bit yep yep and she's like it was like such such a smooth transition yeah yeah she's like you know he saw you kissing and you know there yeah. you go and at first maggie's like no no way like i don't want to do that and fran's like you know going away and traveling on your own could really be a good thing for you she's like i went to a kibbutz when i was your age for a full summer and it was the best time of my life yeah. um and we then cut to Mr. Sheffield. So do you do you think it's a little extreme, the nunnery thing? Doesn't that seem like very extreme? Well, I think the uh, okay, the nunnery thing, yes, but I think sending if you have the the luxury or privilege to send your kid away to another country yeah. for the summer to learn about oh that and history and culture yeah, like that. I have no problem with that. Like if he was like, look, I just don't want her to like be home all winter and like make out with boys. So like, I'm going to send her on a trip somewhere or like, that's different. But like, this wasn't really that <laughs> it was really like, I don't want her near any boys. So I'm sending her to where nuns are. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, it was, doesn't that seem like very extreme? It definitely <laughs> was very extreme, but also like seemed very like, um, it didn't strike me as out of character for Mr. Sheffield. <laughs> seems No, uh, again, fair. childlike in his problem solving sometimes. So that's Mr. Sheffield's uh, big plan. And, you know, Fran breaks it to Maggie. Um, and then we cut to um, Mr. Sheffield, Niles and Cece in Mr. Sheffield's office. And this is when we kind of find out about everybody else's holiday plans because yeah. <laughs> Mr. Sheffield goes, yes, so we'll officially be closed on the 15th. Nobody important's ever in town then anyway. And he's like, Miss Babcock, are you staying in town again? <laughs> um, and that's when, you know, this made me so sad. Niles says something like, ah, yes. And like, I'll make sure we're all ready for Vale. And then Mr. Sheffield goes, oh, you know, it'll just be us this year. Niles, like, 
you know, do your own thing. And Mr. Sh- sorry, and then Niles, even though he had just been complaining about how he hates, you know, being their family servant on vacations, is clearly like disappointed and slightly panicked that he now has to be on his own. Spend, for- spend holiday alone. I, yeah. I just wrote. This is so sad. This man doesn't have a life or a family because he gave it all up for the Sheffields and now he doesn't even Mm -hmm. get to be with anybody on Christmas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Made me sad. Yeah, because like the nice thing to do would have been like, hey, good news, Niles. You don't have to take care of us, yeah. but come with us on this trip and like just have, but use it as an actual vacation. I got you an adjacent hotel room yes. and, you know, but instead he's just like, I'm taking the family to a really nice destination. Uh, good luck, and, servant. And then they <laughs> all make fun of him for being cheap. Because yes. uh, basically he's sort of like, well, I guess I could book a holiday. And CC's they're all like, ha, 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 like as if you ever would. Like you're so cheap. And then and then he literally goes, are you insinuating that I'm frugal? And Mr. Sheffield goes, well, I know what I pay you, old man. And you're certainly not spending it on your wardrobe. And I'm like, can you just give him a break, sir? Also, also he, he said that and like kind of indicates what Niles is currently wearing. But it's like – isn't he just wearing like his butler uniform? Like, is he supposed to be like, like, isn't that just like a suit? There, I guess that like the butler wears, guess, or is the implication like, oh, this whole time he could have been in like Armani like jackets? <laughs> the whole thing <laughs> seemed unnecessarily cruel, but anyway, yes, so. it did, it did, and also it's like I don't know that like just because he doesn't buy clothes means like they've never established that he's frugal before. It's so weird. Yeah. So this was like one of those things where just for this episode, they're making that joke, but it was fine. It wasn't the biggest deal, but I was like, let's stop pouring it on or laying it on Niles guys. (laughs) Yeah. But then Maggie comes. You're very defensive of Niles. It's true. (laughs) Um, Um, Well, Maggie comes rushing in saying how totally excited she is for, you know, to travel for her holiday and at first mm-hmm. Mr. Chef oh and she's like and I owe it all to Fran you know at first I was against it but then she really convinced me and Fran's like oh stop stop and then Maggie goes I can't wait to travel to Israel and live on a kibbutz for three weeks and then Fran's like no seriously stop and Mr. Sheffield's <laughs> like what are you talking about and um, uh, Fran's like no 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 like uh, you clearly misunderstood our little conversation Maggie like that's not what I meant and Maggie's like no, no, I remember it exactly. You called dad an ogre and, and then I'm like, oh, Maggie, stop. But so basically it's established that Maggie now is super excited to go to a kibbutz. And in my head, I was like, why is this really a problem though? Couldn't he just be like, no, that's not where you're going. <laughs> he still is the father. But somehow because Maggie now is excited to go on a kibbutz uh, or to a kibbutz, that's where she's going. And Mr. Sheffield is very yeah. angry uh, because that was not the summer that he planned for. Or the sorry, the winter. And it's like, and it's like he's paying. <laughs> What's he so bad about? It's like, dude, all you had to do there is be like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I already bought the tickets. You're going to Switzerland. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So it was sort of. A- I don't know why Fran brought up kibbutzes. <laughs> <laughs> it was well, well, leads to some very funny payoffs, and I'm glad this is what the episode was about. It was a very thin plot for, to get it us was. Here. It was. Um, it well, I mean, either that or it was the writers definitively sort of being like, you know, Mr. Sheffield has no real control over his kid. Like, like once she made up her mind, it was a foregone conclusion. Which I guess kind of actually tracks, especially with, with how this episode you know? concludes. So that is true. He's a very right. ineffectual parent in terms of discipline. But he's feckless. Yeah. He is. <laughs> so, so basically. Um, everybody kind of leaves the room except Fran and he's like, Miss Fine, you know, this is not what I wanted, such and such. And Fran's like, 
She's like, Mr. Sheffield, you have nothing to worry about. You know, my mother let me go to a kibbutz at her age and it was fine. And yeah. this is where we get to this very the best part yeah, of the this episode. very unexpected my thing that happens this episode where he's like, Oh, I'd like to see how you shammed your mother into letting you do that one when you were a teenager. And she was like, Ugh. She's like, you have it all wrong. My mother and I had a very transparent relationship. And then we got to a flashback, like that sort of like Wayne's world, like, yeah, it's the year has got to be 1980. Fran's in this full seven, like, you know, I say 70s get up because it was like 1980. The 70s were still very much alive. She's wearing like a track suit with like a crop top top and bell bottoms. And like bell-bottom pants that sort of flare out. They're not like super bell-bottomy, but they like flare out a little bit. It did look very – it had like an 80s design, but still was like 70s influence. Yeah, and she's teasing uh, Val's hair. <laughs> and yes. she's literally – she's like smacking on some chewing gum and she's – And Val's dressed in like a frock. <laughs> yes. I- <laughs> like <laughs> Val is like – like the the implication, I think, being that like Fran was like the risque sort of like you know fashion uh, forward, fashion forward one, and and Val is very much wearing like a very conservative sort of like not uh, not very flattering kind of like frocky dress, but, but with a thing. insanely electric blue eyeshadow. Yes. Um, and Fran's literally like, okay, Val, so remember, we're gonna like this is the story we're gonna tell my mom. We wanna go to a kibbutz this summer. There's no hot Israeli guys there. It's chaperoned 100 percent and we're going to absorb the amazing culture. Yeah. <laughs> and um then there's there's a they really just like um hammer in as many uh references and jokes to the time as possible there's so much good bits in here you got val is eating a yogurt and she goes fran why does your mom always put the yogurt in the freezer and fran rolls her eyes and she goes i don't know because my mom thinks she invented something called frozen yogurt it's parents are stupid which is a great bit implying that like fran's mom accidentally invented froyo and didn't and like no one cared and then like of course Frozen yogurt became huge like a couple years yep, later, yep. In, like um, mid, you know, early nineties. And, and then there's also um, a reference to they're basically Fran's reading the TV guide, and she's like, "Oh, oh, that that handsome guy from Blue Lagoon's going to be on like the talk." Sh- but I forget what show it was. It was, a, it was a famous show at the time, but I didn't know it. But she was like, "You know, it's going to be on TV." Um, and then Fran's goes, "Oh, he's going to be so famous," which is a huge diss to the actor Christopher Atkins, who was the guy in Blue Lagoon. I had to look it up mm-hmm. because the only person we know from, from Blue Lagoon now is Brooke Shields. Um, yes. But there was a period where I think maybe there was, you know, the thought or the idea that this guy was going to be big and he kind of never really worked a bit on anything significant again. Yeah. Um, and then... Well, because it was just the two of them. Yes, in Blue Lagoon. It, like the movie was just like about those two characters and so it was like he was really handsome, she was like really, really beautiful and um, like... It's like Blue Lagoon w- should have launched their careers. So, like, it makes total sense that she's like, oh my God, he's hot and he's going to be super famous. And then, you know, of course, by like 1995, when this episode aired, like, no one had ever heard from him. Yep. And then we get a little, <laughs> I said, this is funny because some of these flashbacks, um, they almost cause more, the scene causes more questions than answers. But basically, it does. Basically, <laughs> They turn the. It also this whole flashback felt like an episode of Lost. <laughs> like yes. it's like oh they're all connected the whole time. Yes, yes because then they, yeah they turn on the TV the talk show and 
the the host is like, oh, and like you know, now we're gonna have an interview with a new young producer. Like he's a he's a Broadway producer from England, Maxwell Sheffield. So yeah. Mr. Sheffield comes out in his you know uh super 70s suit, bell bottoms, mustache, different hair. And he sits down and they're like, he is so handsome. So clearly, you know, Fran and Val had actually seen Mr. Sheffield several decades before they actually met him without realizing it. And he's literally going, and to think I was going to, I was going to do this ridiculous musical with all these cats running around the, <laughs> the stage. So we have that callback to how he, he – we find out he didn't just well, pass on cats. I guess he, he came very close to actually producing it. It's also the origin sort of – this sort of like gives like origin to his dislike for Weber. Yes. Like you find out that like he was almost going to produce it. Cece talked him out of it. He reveals here. He's like, thank God my my wonderful assistant like talked me out of it. Say hi, Cece. And we get like a quick shot of like a brunette yes, Cece. She has long brown hair. And like don't like dumpy glasses. Uh-huh. And 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 Niles with like a funny little mustache is standing right behind her, giving her bunny ears. So like like still always you know still hated each other yeah so it's like you know even um, though even though i've noticed cc often says like in the 10 years i've worked with you maxwell but theoretically she actually worked for him long before that so these people have been intertwined for a very long time well i mean if it's if this is supposed to be if she's supposed to be like 16 17 here and this is like 1980 then yes they've been working together for for because it it's this episode aired in 1995, so they've been, they've known each other for at least 15 years, and presumably a little bit before this, because it seems like they've been—I <laughs> don't know—it's all weird, and it also it, it it makes him it makes Maxwell it made me feel like oh is he considerably older than Fran? No, no, because I think that um, well we've always said this they're about they're in the show they're only like a decade apart. But yeah. I guess here's the thing. If First of all, Cece's older than Fran by a few years. We've established she's actually around 40. Right. So she would be like in her mid-20s. And right. maybe he was this, you know, young, new, hot producer who was like, you know, yeah. close to 30. Which could be – which could could happen if, yeah. you know, if the, if you maybe have uh, some connections, which we, he probably had. Which he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Fair. Um, um, but – so yeah, so we get we we find out he uh, it passed on cats, and then we also find out what else happens. Oh, uh, then her mom walks in the room. Yeah, Sylvia uh, Fran's mom in. comes in. Yeah, and Sylvia, you know, looks fabulous. She has, she has, uh, but still very Sylvia. Yeah, she has huge a huge head of hair. It's black with just a streak of you know that like little like skunk's tail, whatever that thing is called, of gray at the time. So yeah, the um, I like to call it the um. The, the uh, Bride of Frankenstein. Oh, Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she's, you know, dressed fabulously. She actually, like, really does look like she could be – you You see how she's Fran's mom almost really for the first time. You're like, oh, yeah. Like, these women are related even though it's just for the show. Mm-hmm. And this is – it's really funny. She comes in and she's like, Fran, Mrs. Spielberg from down the hall says her son is dying to take you out. <laughs> Fran goes, Steven, that geek from AV Squad, gross. <laughs> <laughs> and then she goes, and, and so okay, so we've established that I guess Fran, which, oh, which ended up married to Steven Spielberg. <laughs> I call bullshit. I mean, 
<laughs> well, here's the thing. I, I when I first saw this scene, I was like, oh my god, this this there's so many like uh, timeline inconsistencies, like like logic inconsistencies. But then I was like, you know what? It's just a fun, silly, jokey thing. Like Fran, you know, like because th- we also then then her mom's like, well, Miss Mil- Mrs. Milken says her son would take you out, which is a reference. I had to look this up. Michael Milken. Steven Spielberg was 34 in 1980. Yeah, well, he is. He is 75 years old. And Michael Milken would have been like 40. Like it made no <laughs> It makes no sense that they live at home with their mother. Well, no, okay. <laughs> I was thinking maybe they don't live at home with their mothers. Maybe they were just home for the weekend for a holiday and happened to see Fran. I and guess. you know, it doesn't necessarily know. mean that they're living at home. I but guess. we do establish that yes, Fran passed up a date with the geek Steven Spielberg. Also, for what it's worth, uh he was born in Cincinnati, Ohio. <laughs> and then also um, with Michael. And then they lived in Phoenix. <laughs> I, tru- I know. It truly didn't check. It doesn't check out to any fact check. It doesn't but check that's, out at You know all. what? It was fine. It was. This was also pre-Google. So like nobody knew. Probably nobody, nobody knew. knew. Um, and nobody then knew. I had to look up who Michael Milken was. Um, now, who is Michael Milken? So I didn't even this bother. would have been a really, really hot news story in the early 90s. He was a... Uh, is that Milken started trading in high yield bonds when and which earned him the nickname Junk Bond King of the 80s. Milken was indicted in 1989 and spent nearly 2 years in prison after pleading guilty to charges of securities fraud and then he went on he went on to like be crazy wealthy anyway. It's basically like the a wolf it's not I don't think it's the guy that Wolf of Wall Street is based on but it was like very very similar thing. Like he, and so he was a very wealthy guy uh, okay. who was made famous for getting indicted for junk bonds. Um but like I had never heard of him, and it kind of just shows you again how these are these uh, episodes are really time capsules in a lot of ways. Um, and it's interesting, like kind of what sticks culturally and what doesn't um, in terms of you know, like you could still talk about OJ Simpson, and we'd all know OJ, but we don't. Yeah, know Yeah, and I mean, most of the references they made here were evergreen, except for the Blue Lagoon guy and and Milken. So then Fran is like. Very, very clearly, like consciously goes, so Val, what do you want to do for summer vacation? I would like to do something that would expand my cultural awareness. And Sylvia cuts her off and goes, you're not going to that kibbutz. And Brian's like, Ma, how do you know? And she's like, darling, I'm your mother. I read your diary. (laughs) And uh, so Yetta's like, nope, you're not doing that. Um, And then the doorbell rings and it's Grandma Yetta who now she, she has the exact same hairstyle and cut. It's just kind of yellow blonde instead of all gray. Uh, but she still has those huge glasses and she's smoking a cigarette. And yeah. and Sylvia's like, oh, your Meshuggah granddaughter wants to go to a kibbutz. Can you believe it? And y- Yada's literally like, well, what's the big deal? Like you did when you were her age. And Fran's like, ma, like I'm never speaking to you again. It's like this whole thing. And then we basically – we cut back to present day where Fran is still in Mr. Sheffield's office and she clearly just had this like kind of memory flashback. And she's like – then she lies to Mr. Sheffield and she's like, yeah, yeah, my mother let me go, no problem. Like we didn't fight about it at all. And she's like, I just wish that, you know, Mr. Sheffield, you would trust me as much as my mother did back then. And then we literally have this – we've never had this in the show before. Then Fran has this thought bubble appear next to her with <laughs> a young Sylvia going, like, I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And then Fran literally pops the thought bubble with like a letter opener. 
It was very cartoonish. It was so weird. Was, and like, it, I, like I, I, I didn't hate it. I got to say, I didn't, I didn't hate, hate it. it. And I even went like, huh, I, like, I'd be okay if the show like got, did this more, like got a little sillier. It, it kind of reminded me, like, I think I said this last time we had like a sort of silly beat like this. It's got like a 30 rock vibe to it yeah. when it does this kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. I, I really like it. Um, I, I think in a lot of ways it's very ahead of its time too. When, when show, when, stuff does you know because later we had scrubs later we had 30 rock but it's very creative and it's very funny and sure it's not exactly the exact tone of where we started a couple years ago but it's also not like oh my god this is a different show that i'm watching right now no no i think it's a natural progression Mm -hmm. i I enjoyed it Uh i'd be curious like i know they're developing the musical right now and like they're talking you know they they've said even recently she 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 said like you know really not thinking too much about a reboot or anything until we get the musical done but i i wonder if now with like the creative control that they'll have going into like a musical or a reboot if from go it will be more of this you know, like mm-hmm, if, if this mm-hmm. isn't just kind of the style that they like, I, I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of their other shows, so I don't know if that's something that like follows them into like, you know, um, the other shows that they end up producing mm-hmm, together. Mm-hmm. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, and then the next scene, we cut to Fran, um, letting herself into her mom and dad's apartment and she's like, mom, I'm here. And then we have this kind of like throwaway, but funny joke where she walks into her parents' bedroom and then runs out because she clearly had just walked in on them having sex. And and then, um, Sylvia runs out sort of in this like negligee thing. And she's like, would it kill you to knock? And Fran's like, Ma, I hear sounds of ecstasy coming from a room and I think you're eating cheesecake. And, um, but basically, you know, there's that joke, which really ties into nothing except the fact that nothing, it was just a silly yeah, joke. But then Fran's like, <laughs> you know, Ma, I came here to pick up that stuff um, from my trip to, you know, back. What was it? No, she said, Ma, remember I asked you to to find my box of memories from Israel. Like I thought I would show it to Maggie to get her excited for her trip. And Sylvia's like, well, you know, I don't know why you kept all that stuff. You hated that trip. And Fran's like, what do you mean I hated it? No, I didn't. I loved it. And then she goes, oh, look, my journal. And then she opens it and she goes, I hate this kibbutz. Yeah, the first line is like, I hate it here. Yeah, I hate it here. And then she's like, <laughs> she goes, Friday can almost braid armpit hair. 
because they keep making these jokes yeah. that on the kibbutz your body hair is going to go really long. Yeah, um, but so they sent she sent Val out to smuggle um, big razors. In. Yes, yes, and yeah. then she's like, I don't understand it. Like, why did I remember this trip so fondly? And then we do this other flashback, and we see. <laughs> Uh, there's Val wandering through these yeah. long um, plants. It's like a flashback. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a like flashback. a flashback to like a like a field. Yes, and like Val's wandering around alone, With, like, calling de- out the desert hills behind her. Yeah, like calling out for Fran. So they're clearly in Israel on, on this kibbutz, and and she's like like Fran, Fran, like she's like been abandoned Mm -hmm. and then fran pops up a young fran pops up like from behind some bushes uh with this um israeli guy and they're like making out and and we find out oh she lost her virginity on the trip Uh that's why that's why she liked it there so we cut back to present and she's like oh right i lost my virginity and then she's like Oh no. Yeah, yeah. Well, she's basically like, I remember why I like that trip so much. And then yeah. her mom's like, Well, there you go. Maybe Matt, she goes, Maybe Maggie will have as much fun as you did. And then Fran goes over my dead body and runs out. Yeah. I also looked it up because I was like, oh, Is that guy, that shirtless guy she's making out with? He he was looked kind of ethnically ambiguous, but he's clearly very is Israeli. He his name was Ophir Ankhnel. <laughs> Oh my he's goodness! A very Sephardic looking, yeah, a very Sephardic looking man. Um, yeah, he is, and so he's Israeli as hell. Yeah, hella yeah. Israeli that they cast. Hella Israeli, dude. <laughs> so then uh, we cut to um, Cece and Niles back at the mansion, and she's basically just like roasting him for being cheap. Um, and he's like, "I'll have you know, I booked a very nice holiday by selling these hideous uh, trebling cleft cufflinks that Mister Sheffield gave me." And then her face falls, and she's like, "I gave those to Maxwell for his birthday." <laughs> and yeah, I- it's great. She's really roasting him hard, but that scene didn't bother me as much because he gets he gets one up on her every time. Yes, I no no. I actually really liked it. But here is my question: Did you guess at this point when he mentioned that he had booked a nice holiday for himself that they were going to end up at the same vacation spot? No, did so you? I did because um, oh. earlier in the episode when they were all in Mister Sheffield's office and you know Maxwell's like, oh, like Miss Babcock, will you, you will you be in town yet again? She goes, no, I booked a trip as far away from here as possible. And 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 at the time, um, Niles had actually gone. He oh. went, oh, Santa got my letter. And then we have him <laughs> in this scene just say how he has booked his own trip. And I was like, I bet you. But anyway, that comes mm. later. Good call. No, I did. I did not. I did not pick that up. Um, and it was a fun reveal for me. <laughs> I was like, ooh. <laughs> um, and then Fran comes running in saying that she needs to talk to Mr. Sheffield ASAP and um, talk him out of sending Maggie to the kibbutz. And Niles is like, but I thought you just talked him into it this morning. And she goes, and now it's the afternoon. Keep up. Keep up. <laughs> and there was this funny beat where he's like, well, you know, they're already out shopping for the trip together. And Fran's like, yeah. oh, good. Right about now, she's probably trying on miniskirts. He's watching the sales guy look at her in those miniskirts. They're at each other's throats, and the trip is off. Uh, but yeah. then, lo and behold- But no sooner does she say that than the door swings open, and Maxwell <laughs> and <laughs> Maggie walk in wearing ma- wearing like t-shirt, matching T-shirts, but it's like he's wearing one that says daddy's, and she's wearing one that says little girl. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, they have been, and she's like, thank you so much for all this great stuff, Dad. I love Which you. Which Elizabeth went, oh, cute. <laughs> 
I mean, I I love it. It's it is kind of adorable. It was adorable. That they brought those together, and um, I don't know if I would think a full on teenage girl doing it would be as cute as an actual child, but <laughs> but, but still, um, they're they're so. What is adorable is how well they're getting along and how how happy this makes Mr. Sheffield because, you know, Maggie runs upstairs after giving a big hug and he's like, yeah. oh, Miss Fine, I need to thank you so much for this kibbutz idea. Like, Maggie and I haven't been this close in ages. And she's like, okay, well, you're going to have to cancel the trip. And he's like, wait, what? And she's like, uh, this made me laugh. She goes, uh, Israel is going to be closed for Hanukkah. Too many people, too many candles. It was a fire hazard. And he's like, Miss Fine, like, what are you up to? What's actually going on? And And she's like, well, and then she starts to tell him, she's like, look, when I went to Israel, I lost my, and then the kids come downstairs. You get um, the, I think the only appearance this episode of Brighton and uh, Gracie, the other one. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. The other one. (laughs) Gracie. And uh, the other one, you know, uh, and, uh, and she's like, I lost my hat. I lost my hat. And he's like, and the kids come down, you know, the kids are standing there and he's like, you lost your hat on your trip. Like who cares? And she's like, no, no, no. This was like a very important like hat. And he's like, he's like, like important. Or no, he's like, Oh, it must've been a very important hat to you. And she goes, well, it was very important to my Mm -hmm, mother. mm -hmm. And like, that's sort of what clicks it for him. And that he realizes, Oh, she's not talking about a hat. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he's like, okay, everybody out. Um, everybody out." And so he's like, Oh yeah, no, everyone get out. And he like kicks everyone out of the kitchen except for her, uh, for Fran. He grabs Fran, he pulls her back and he's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, you know what? He's like, I don't know why I keep asking you for help. You always screw things up. And he's like, the trip is off. And she's like, okay, okay. Like, I'll go tell Maggie. And he's like, no way. He's like, I'm going to go do it. And he's like, and you're going to see how parenting is done right. And so we instantly, yeah. oh, we, we instantly cut to um, now the whole family is actually at the kibbutz <laughs> because clearly he was not able to convince Margaret or just basically order her as a father not to go and clearly they came up with this as the next best solution so fran is sunning herself um and the other kid the other sheffield children are all there they're picking grapefruits mr sheffield (laughs) is there like with a sun hat on and he's like miss fine like this was a wonderful solution you came up to our problem (laughs) and she's literally like all right she's like now go pick some more grapefruits if we don't come back with our quota they're gonna kick us off (laughs) 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 <laughs> <laughs> and, and so he wanders off and then that same shirtless guy from before shows up and she's like yummy like you still work here and he's like i do and he's like but now i work here with my son and he like motions to this other sort of like gorgeous israeli guy and that younger guy who's standing next to, to Maggie. yeah he literally yeah. it really was so israeli he's literally wearing like a it's like a coca-cola shirt but it ha- it's all in hebrew and he has yeah. like a bandana and he's like hey are you liking the kibbutz and she's like, yes. And then Fran literally runs over and hits him with her hat and is like, get away from her. No, you don't. Um, And then the button of the episode is we cut to Niles on some sort of like tropical beach vacation at some sort of like mixer party. And he has like, you know, like one of those, a drink, an alcoholic drink with, you know, coconut. And he's dancing around this little dance floor. And he's like, like, way to go, Sheila. Like, looking good, Joan. And he's like, shake it, Miss Babcock. And then he freezes and he had been talking to a woman in a hat. So like we as the audience didn't see 
and then CC slowly turns around and we realize that like yeah. he didn't even he, they didn't know he didn't know she was there it was more like a automatic response of like yeah. um and they look at each other and he is just like I want to go home yeah and that's yep. the button uh-huh uh-huh um and that was the episode it was just really fun it was a fun episode mm-hmm. um and there was a lot of good one liners so I'm excited to get into <gasps> Segments. And now, segments. So, segments. Yeah, no, I think we should move on to segments. I have to say, we can move on to our segments. And now, segments. Segments. Uh, With Sean and Toria. Segments. Segments. I feel you. I feel you, my segments. I don't know why that's always my go-to. I love you. Even when we talk about quotes, we will figure out who's the CC. I could write a whole parody of that song. All right. uh, Um, I'm assuming the segments theme has also now played. (laughs) And now here we are in segments. So lines. I have so many. Um, Uh um, Well, you mentioned towards the end, you know, when Maxwell kind of kicks everyone out of the kitchen and he pulls Fran back and he's like, you know, realizing that like now this trip is means like she's going to lose, you know, Maggie's going to potentially lose her virginity to some Israeli guy. Uh, he's like, it's amazing. Every time I ask you to do something, you always manage to screw it up. And she goes, yeah. And yet you continue to ask me, you need help, mister. Which yes. <laughs> is yes. such a good, it's such a good spin. I love that. Yeah. Um, yep. I also liked, uh, Miss Fine, I've made a decision. And she goes, yeah. And he's like, I, I, I don't want Margaret to spend the whole winter vacation with that boy. So I'm sending her abroad. And Fran goes, abroad? You want her swinging that way? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep yep uh what else um, um, i really liked when when fran first mentions a kibbutz to maggie she goes a kibbutz isn't like that one of those communes from the 60s and fran goes kind of except the only thing we smoked was fish right right um and then also uh it's also uh what was the where he goes um it's uh, Niles and Cece going back and forth. Oh, it's the uh, <laughs> it's the line about uh, where do you where do you even keep your cash, Niles? And he goes somewhere you'll never get near. And she goes, Oh, your mattress. And there's like this long beat, and you're like, Ooh, that good one, Cece. And he points to Mister Sheffield, and Niles goes, No, his. <laughs> uh huh. Uh-huh. Um, I really liked when uh, when Fran after seeing her parents have sex goes, hold on, I got to take a swig of Manischewitz. And she swigs and she goes, good vintage, May. <laughs> uh, also, at one point, CC calls him the lost Marx brother, Cheapo. Yeah. <laughs> which I really like. Yes. Well, and also in that episode, <laughs> Niles is alone in the kitchen cleaning. And he goes, oh, yuck, this old dish rag has seen better days. And then CC walks in and he goes, were your ears burning? <laughs> <laughs> it was very very funny um yeah. I, I actually already said some of my favorite lines throughout because um, I, I couldn't wait oh also in that same scene it's niles going it's 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 uh 
it's when Fran and Niles are talking about the vacation and she's like, it's hard to plan a vacation when you're single. And he's like, oh, he's like, well, you've never had to do it where you're hauling around ski equipment. And it's Niles, can you get me a brandy? You know, Niles, do this. Niles, do that. And then Mr. Sheffield enters the kitchen and he goes, Niles. And Niles goes, what <laughs> is that on your shoe? And he like drops to the floor and like rubs something off Mr. Sheffield's shoe and then runs out of the yes, room. Yes. It was so good. Like every, like even the way he looks at Mr. Sheffield as he runs out of the room was a hilarious comedic beat. Yes. Yes. Cause he looks at him like, mm-hmm. yeah. and then <laughs> it was really, really, he's maybe my favorite actor on this oh, show. God, I just think he nails it. I, I, every, every line, every delivery. And I think, you know, it's one of those things where people forget how hard comedy is because when people do it well, it looks so easy. Um, mm-hmm. But like, you know, there's so many choices within within that really like short 30 second joke, like beat for yeah. beat, so many choices you could make. And he made them the funniest version possible. Yeah. He really yeah. did. He, he's great. Um, um, I think that's it. Do you for, have any more lines? Oh, uh, no. I think that's it for me. I can move on to yeah. Yiddish. Let's do it. Well, we have Meshugana, which we've had before, as in your Meshugana mm-hmm. granddaughter wants to go to a kibbutz. And that means a mad or idiotic person. And then I don't know if this is Yiddish, but it's definitely Jewish, where at one point she goes, Give me another Kanish, when she's meaning give me another kiss. But it, it's kind of that was just wordplay because a Kanish is a traditional like Jewish baked good. And it's you maybe maybe have seen them. It's like um kind of like doughy bread and inside or flaky bread, and it's usually like a fruit filling. Um yeah. I usually find them or honestly potato. They there's potato Kanishes, which true. are delicious. I find the baked ones usually a little disappointing, usually. They're usually a little too much bready dough and dry. Yeah, I'm a savory Kanish. I like potato Kanish. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the only kind I like. I'm, I like savory. Yeah, I'd rather just go for a Danish, too, if I'm over. Um, all right. And then uh, for, Fran oh, no, or no, 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 trivia. We got oh. trivia. Oh, what's the trivia? Did you have something? I do have something. Um, what do you got? So, you know how I looked up the name of the – a uh, guy that Fran lost her virginity to and found out yes. conf- 100% a USDA <laughs> approved Jew. Yas. Uh, Yas Queen. Um, I was like, well, who is the son? That guy's name, he was credited as Michael Dow. And this guy looked a lot like the other guy. So I was like, maybe, there are, maybe they are related. But he, no, his name is Michael Dow. And this guy went on to work. And oh, and, and just again, to set who, the, who this is up, um, at the end of the episode, it was the son of the guy that Fran lost her virginity to who's chatting up Maggie. Michael Dow. And this guy went to work as an associate director and also producer on a number of uh, Fran and Peter's future projects, including What I Like About You and Happily Divorced. So, like, oh. you know, I wonder if maybe he was, like, an assistant or something on this show and they were like, yeah, do you want to be, like, that small, like, you know, part, bit part? Or if maybe he got that job as the actor and then they he did networking through there. But this is his only credited acting appearance. And, and it, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe he was already working on set and and they threw him a bone. Yeah, I don't were, know. I mean, like, That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, other small thing, it's like a, this was entered into IMBD goofs, but I I don't know. I think there's a there is an argument to be made that this goof is a goof because the the commenter points out that in you're a goof, you goof. <laughs> <laughs> you quit goofing around. Um in in the flashback, in the first flashback, Val and Fran are discussing how they'll con Sylvia into letting Fran go to the kibbutz by claiming yeah. they want to connect with quote the ancient heritage of our people. 
And the person yeah. writes, however, numerous episodes of this series firmly establish that Val is Italian and Roman Catholic, not Jewish, and thus has no ancient Jewish heritage to connect with. Well, that is true. Many Catholics take pilgrimages to Israel. Like there are – if yeah. you go to Jerusalem, there are tours for – I mean that's literally why everybody fights over it as the Holy Land. Like there, you yes. can definitely like literally yes. walk – you know, the exact route that Jesus walked. And a lot of people do that, you know, um, or swim in this exact river. So yes, yeah, I think our people. No, I think, I, I think you're a hundred percent right. And the, and the, the, the person who wrote this sort of like, like, cause the line is we want to connect with the ancient heritage of our people. They never say Jewish heritage. She just says the ancient heritage. Mm -hmm. And this person who wrote this entry on IMDb adds the word Jewish in there, like as if that's implied. But I don't, I think if they had meant to write Jewish heritage, they would have, and they didn't. They said heritage because of that reason, because Val isn't Jewish. And so they, they're still both connecting. I mean, Israel still has holy, like it's still a holy land because they're still like Catholic related things mm-hmm. there. I mean, Jesus was there. Oh, <laughs> like, hold on. Let me pause this. It's not just like, um, 100%. Um, it's not just Rome is not the only place where, where Roman Catholics would, would find, you know, something related to like their heritage. No, no. In so, fact, yeah. When I went, uh, when I was in Israel and we did a walking tour of Jerusalem, my aunt specifically wanted one that my uncle who is Catholic would really enjoy. So we did almost like a Catholic, tour of Jerusalem. Right. Um, and it was fascinating. Um, and then, um, for the Fran or the CC, this is where we can really get into what we were talking about earlier. I said, well, I've been to a kibbutz, but I was not doing anything like that at 17. Uh, and Mm. I wrote, I couldn't have paid someone to take, (laughs) (laughs) but it sounds like you were doing a lot of, uh, sexy stuff as a teen. Yeah, I had done I had done sex stuff by like honestly like 13 14. Ugh. I had done everything except like sex. I hadn't had like intercourse Ugh. at that age. That Just I think I was young. closer to 16 17 when I did that. But so I I you know to me I was like I don't know. I if she's 17 and still a virgin like you you done a good job. Uh, Mr. Sheffield, like that'll do, big. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's fine. She's seventeen. She's gonna go to college in like a year, and then like, what are you gonna do? I mean, you know? you're that is probably the healthier perspective. There should not be shame around all of this stuff. Um, no, but I was definitely. I would have been CC Mr. Sheffield's uh, assist, pathetic assistant at this age. Not because I. Him. I also think it comes down to the kid. You know, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I really do think. Like, I think if you know, Maggie wanted to lose her virginity. She would have lost it by now. But like Maggie obviously is not just looking to like, you know, screw any guy she meets. Like she, or she could have, like she's been alone with boys before multiple times. We've established that she's had boyfriends and been alone with them in places. So like she, like her not losing her virginity sounds more like her choice than like my daddy will be mad at Um, me. I just had this thought. Do you, we are probably the First people in the entire history of the earth who have had this in-depth discussion about Maggie's virginity. I don't know. There's two other nanny podcasts out there. So if they're doing their job, they would have had this conversation too. 
you know, or we are the definitive nanny rewatch podcast, and that is why. Uh, yeah, because we we really we'll get into we'll it. Get into it. Hey, we'll mix it up. Um, um, on that note, I also I just want to quickly before we leave, I do want to amend something I said earlier. Um, I did some digging, and it turns out HBO Max has added Oid to the World to their lineup, <gasps> Fantastic. which is great. Yeah, so um, very excited to get to that one. Um, That's uh, two episodes, or no? They have it. They have it as episode fourteen, but it is that is incorrect, I believe, because we're on twelve. 13. Oh no, it is episode yeah. fourteen. Cool. That's so, yeah, so it's in the right order. Well, I've been. Great. I'll quickly, if we're doing a little corrections corner, I will say that um, one of our listeners messaged us on Instagram, um, Ron Minst, who also uh, told us. That uh, great factoid about the Orange County economic crash. Oh, yeah. Cool. Uh, so I guess we had made a joke a few episodes ago about how uh, – why aren't there any Jewish people on Downton Abbey? And apparently uh, there was actually a whole little plot arc where there is a Jewish family in Downton Abbey. Um, oh. and there So was- we, we- – we revealed to the world that we've never watched yes, Downton yes, Abbey. Yes. Uh, that's really what that was about. We were making an assumption, <laughs> yeah. and there is a Jewish character, and his family comes into play. Um, uh, and well, you still never get me to watch that show. So I'm, I still won't watch it, Ron. I, I Stop yeah, it. I don't know why I won't watch it. Maybe I'm just. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. It's just one of those things. I don't either. I'm sure it's great. Everyone seems to love yep. it. Yep. Um, but um, I think that's an episode. That's an episode. So thank you everybody for listening. If you like the show, please. Let us know by going to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and rating it and leaving a review and telling your friends. And if you want to drop us a line, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at oh Mr. Chef Pod. And uh, that's it. Next week, we'll be back with an offer she can't refuse, mm. uh, which sounds uh, like it's probably going to have a lot of Italian stereotyping in it. So I can't wait. Yeah. Well, that'll be can't perfect for, that for you. That'll be a perfect. That'll be perfect for me. That's why it's going to have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, bye, Toria. Goodbye, Sean. Bye. Goodbye. The flashing girl from Flushing. The nanny named Fran. Oh, Mr. Sheffield. Uh, uh, Miss Fine. <laughs>